Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. It's good to see you. So full in here. Mm. Hey, this month we have been talking about fine print, what it means to partner with Northridge. Like if you are a believer and you call Northridge your home, what is it we expect of you? Because there are some expectations. So far we've talked about how we expect you to be open with your faith, sharing your faith, evangelistic. Like that, that's, that's something we expect of you. We expect you to be in community with other believers, in a community groups, something like that. We expect you to give sacrificially, to give to the mission of the church. And so today I'm going to talk about one of our next values, something that we expect that those believers, people who are bought in, that are Jesus followers, that Northridge is my home, and this is something that we want for you. I've got a lot to say and not a lot of time, so we're going to jump on in. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn them on, open them up. We're going to be in John 4. John 4. Now just a little bit of, of background, a little bit of context. If you haven't read this before. This is uh, the, the, the lady at the well, the woman at the well. It's a Samaritan. And we all kind of know that story. If you've been in church a while, you know that story. What, what we're talking about is after that story. Like, I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories about the woman in the well. Have you heard anything about after that point? And so that's where we are. So the, the disciples were in town. They came back with food, and they are concerned about Jesus. They're, they're worried. Is he a little bit hungry? And so they say this. Uh, they say, Rabbi, eat something. But he says to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Like, that's, that's kind of interesting because he was just talking about spiritual water, too. So now we got spiritual food. Could, and his disciples are confused. They, they look at each other and say, could someone have brought him food that we don't know about? And Jesus says this. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Like, that's... That's kind of a big deal. If you, you underline in your Bible or something, you might want to underline that. that like, that's just a big deal. What Jesus is saying is, is my food, my nourishment, what fills me up is something different, something that you don't understand. What fills me is to serve others, to pour into others, and to do the work that God has sent me to do. And what's so interesting to me is the disciples are so concerned with consuming. They're coming to it like, hey, I need to eat. My, my people, I need to take care of my people. Like, like Jesus, eat something, take care of something. They're so concerned with consuming, and Jesus is not consumed, concerned with that at all. He is concerned with contributing. When he contributed to the lives of others, he was filled up. And that goes against our, our, our human nature, doesn't it? Like, some people will tell me, oh, most people are, you know, people are mostly good. People are mostly selfish, self-centered people. Like, like let, me, let me ask you this. If you have kids, have you ever had to teach your two-year-old to be selfish? Like, did you ever have to take a toy, give it to your, your child, and say, here, I'm going to give you this toy, and then in a couple minutes, I'm going to come back, I'm going to take it from you, and I want you to scream and yell, mine, and, and keep it from me. Did any of you have to teach your kids that? No, I mean, maybe you did. I didn't. My kids were well ingrained with this selfish behavior. I, there is not a single day that goes by where that four-letter word is not yelled in my house. We, by nature, are self-centered and selfish every single way. And we didn't always, we weren't always that bad. 
But there's kind of been a shift in our culture, probably in the last 50 years or so. Craig Groeschel, he's a pastor and an author. He blames it on Burger King. Um, 50 years ago to this year, Burger King transformed the industry. See, prior to that, if you went to a fast food restaurant, you went to McDonald's, you ordered a hamburger, you got a hamburger the way they made it. It came with ketchup, mustard, pickles, and onions. It came with ketchup, mustard, pickles, and onions. And then 1973, Burger King comes out. What is their catchphrase? Have it your way. All of a sudden, the customer is king. You could go into any restaurant, you can say, I don't want ketchup, I want extra mustard. I, I love pickles, pile that thing up with pickles. All of a sudden, you were in charge. The customer's king, it's all about me, 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 and what I want, have it my way. Now, I, I don't think it's all Burger King's fault, but we've definitely seen this kind of shift over into the church culture. There's something that I hear pretty regularly. In fact, I heard it last week, and so if you're in this room and you said this, I had this written months ago, I'm not talking about you. But so often, people come into the church and they say, I'm just shopping for a church. I'm shopping for a church. Like, just that very idea of shopping for a church. And then, and then there's something else. You may not have heard this, and I'm sure you didn't say this, but I hear this all the time too. Somebody will come in and say, I just can't find a church that meets my needs. Like, like that very idea, like I've been to all 43 churches in Milledgeville and I can't find one that meets my needs. Like I hear this all the time, that we are so concerned about us and our needs. So this week, we're gonna combat that because first week, Adam talked about something that was just so poignant for me. He said that we are willing to do anything short of sin to reach the lost. And so I'm gonna give you two things, one thing that we're for and one thing that we're against that will help us accomplish that mission. Here's our sermon in a sentence. We are not spiritual consumers. We are spiritual contributors. We are not spiritual consumers. We are contributors. Why? Because we understand that we are the church. And the church is not for us, but the church is for the world. Like, do you hear that? That changes everything. We are the church, and we exist for the world. Our food is something that people don't understand. Our food is serving and pouring into others. Because if you are a follower of Christ, you understand that we exist to bring the love and the light of the church to the world. And you're unapologetically vocal about this. So I'm going to give you two easy-to-remember points about your gifts with the church. Point number one, God calls you to serve in his church. God calls you to serve in his church. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have been gifted, you have been set apart, you have been given all that you need to serve and make a difference within the church. I want to emphasize something that Adam talked about a couple weeks ago. The church is not the building. The church is the people. I mean, if you, you, you want to talk about when this change happened, uh, um, it happened thousands of years ago. See, for the first 300 years of Christianity, the church was entirely the people. Christians were persecuted. Christianity was illegal. Christians could not own property or land or build a building. It was impossible. It wasn't until Constantine in 313 AD made Christianity legal that any of that was possible. So if you were to talk about the church, I'm going to church as a building, people back then would have looked at you like you were crazy because the church is the people. It's not a building. 
So don't get me wrong, I think it's a good thing for churches to have buildings and property so we can come and gather and we can encourage one another and build one another up and send you out to the world equipped to change the world, but the church is not the world. Technically, we are the church. But how, how do we do this practically? Like, that's a lot of good head knowledge, but how can we use our gifts? What are our gifts, like you might be asking? Like, what, what do I have to give? Romans 12 gives us a good idea. Romans 12, 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do so cheerfully. So seven gifts. Prophecy, serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leading, kindness. Seven gifts. And you may not know particularly how you are gifted. Um, but I was at the North American, no, uh, the missionary convention, they changed their name, uh, a couple months ago. And I sat in on a class on spiritual gifts. And it was like mind-blowing for me. Like they made it so simple in a way for me to understand. So I'm going to share that with you. And it's something called the apple pie illustration. So say you and I are sitting at a table, Okay. We, we both have some pie. I've got pie sitting here. It's kind of sitting a little precariously on this table. I go to take a bite, and I spill the pie on my lap, make a big mess. How you react to this situation will tell you what your gift is. Now, if you like, oh my goodness, that's, that's terrible, and you jump up right away, and you start cleaning up the pie, and you help me out, you have the gift of serving. Like, how many of that's you? You like, just like helping people out. Yeah, fair number of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you would say, hey, don't worry, we'll get this organized right away. Hey, you go get a mop, you go get some paper towels, you go get the trash can, and in 30 seconds it's all taken care of. Like, you have the gift of leadership. How many of you are in here? These people are bossy, you can point at them if, if they're around you. They just told you not to point at them, didn't they? Yeah. Some of you would say, hey, man, that's so funny. Like just, just a week ago, I spilled coffee all over myself. It's all good. Here, in fact, I'm gonna spill my apple pie on my, my lap right now. You have the gift of encouragement. You're an encourager. How many, how many encouragers we got in the room? Not, not that many, man, no encouragers? I love encouragers, so I hope you're an encourager. There we go, we got some. Now, some of you might say, man, I can't believe that happened. Here, let me, let me buy you another pie. In fact, let me buy everybody at the table another pie. We'll buy you some new pants. Like, how many of you are that? These are the givers. See, I know there's more of you than this. The good thing about a giver, givers do it anonymously. They don't like to have the praise, and they, they like to give anonymously. And I know there's those of you in the room, we see you, but you're a giver. Then there's those of you who say, hey, oh, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry that happened for you. They come around you, put a hug, give you a hug, and, and they just love on you. How many of you are kind of, you got encouragers, you, you are empathetic, you have the gift of kindness? Really, nobody's empathetic? I got three, four? Raise those hands up high, be proud. Come on, there we go. We love you, you're the best. Some of you would say, hey, you know what? There's really a better way of eating apple pie. I've been studying this and here's what you do. And you know, actually the Hebrew word for apple pie is and you're a teacher. This, your gift is teaching. You love nothing more than to sit down in a group of community people and share what you know. How many teachers have we got? Good, good teachers. You, you need to be in a community group sharing what you know. And, and then some of you would say, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Why did you do that? 
How many? How many? Yeah. That's me. You have the gift of prophecy. So, so often we think of prophecy as telling about the future. Uh, and, and that's true, mostly in the Old Testament, that, that's some of what they did. But really what they did is they just told things straight. They told it like it was and straight up. Like, this was a huge relief for me. Like, I just thought I was a jerk. But really, I have the gift of prophecy, and so do you. So for those of you that have this gift with me, here's the thing. We may be usually right. We are. But we don't have to be jerks about it, okay? We can say things nicer, okay? Let's, let's try that. But my prayer for you today is as you look kind of through these things, that you get an idea of how you can serve in the church. Because this is what God wants for us. Some of you can sing, and some of you can worship, and some of you can do things that I really can't. But let me tell you about a couple people that do this so well. Uh, this is Miss Raynell. We love Miss Raynell. She was in here for service holding a baby. In fact, if you see her right now, she is on that hall right there, leading the entire hall. She is a coach. She helps uh, allow Megan to, to come in here and do other things. But I bet you she's over there holding a baby right now. She, Wednesday night, she comes and serves with our students. Uh, she is almost always helping somebody. She, she watches kids during the week so somebody can go to community group. You know what my favorite story about Miss Raynell is though? Uh, a couple months ago, there was a mom who had been serving over there for just, just a couple months, okay? Barely knew her. This, this woman, her husband was deployed, and she had to move to Colorado by herself with an infant. What did Raynell do? She took off time from work. She drove with this mom to Colorado. She helped that mom get settled and then flew back. Like, who does that? Raynell does that. Somebody who gets that it's not all about them. This is Roy. I love Roy, I think he's in here somewhere. Roy, when he first came, <laughs> when he first came to Northridge, the first thing he asked is, where do you need help? Where do you need help? That was like the first thing he said to me. I'm like, we need help on the elementary wing. He jumped right in. Your kids, if your kids are over there, they know who Roy is and they love Mr. Roy. And then just a little while after that, he, he comes to me and he's like, you know, I see the women and the moms doing something really great, but there seems to be a hole. The, the, the men don't really have something. How about we start a men's group? And he did, and that thing grew and grew like crazy, and now like a year later, it's already grown a whole nother group. Like, it's incredible. If you are having a conversation with Roy, he's always looking around for ways to serve. Like, I, I love that about them. It, it, you might find him in here after service cleaning up. You, you might find him at an event he wasn't even invited at, serving. He doesn't know how to not serve. This is what I love about people. There are a bunch of you, like looking around, I see a bunch of you, I could be talking about you right now. But what is it about these people? What is it about them that makes them like this? Because they understand that they don't go to church. They understand that they are the church. That's what's different about them. They are spiritual contributors and they understand that God has called them to make a difference. I just wanna say this though, for those of you that are Jesus followers, you have been given gifts. Each and every single one of you has been given gifts. And God expects you to use those gifts in the church. Here's the thing, if you are a Jesus follower and you are not using your gifts, there is something that needs to be done in the church that is not being done. 
The mission of the church cannot go forward unless every single person is involved and participating. And let me give you just some ways here at Northridge that you can involve. And there's many more, but these are kind of the general basic ones. So we have guest services. My last church is called First Impressions. We, we called it that because, man, have you ever been to a church where you walked in and nobody said anything to you? Not even a smile? That cannot happen. People cannot walk into the church of God and not have somebody smiling at them and say, I am so glad you are here. You belong here, each and every one of you, and I want you to be in here. That is what our guest services do. Man, sometimes you've had the worst week ever, and to walk into a church and just have somebody smile at you, that's a big deal. That's important. We've got our worship team, the people up here singing and playing their instruments. Man, I can't do that, but man, I love when they lead me to the throne of God and I can just let it all out because they're doing such a good job. And we've got our, our production team. They're back there right now making me look good. Like, they use their technology skills to make sure that the cameras work so that thousands of people out in the world can watch this right now. They, they make sure that there are no distractions, that, that the lighting happens. And they make it so that somebody coming in from the outside who has no idea who Jesus is has an environment that they are interested and intrigued by and they want to come back and hear more about this Jesus guy. They use their gifts. We have our children's halls, both sides. Do you know how amazing it is as a parent to be able to come in here and worship God with no distractions? Like that's, and to know that my kids are being loved on right now and they're getting a lesson about Jesus that they can understand, because if they were in here, they wouldn't understand anything I'm saying. Like that's a big deal. Like I, I love that. We've got our students, our middle school, high school. Like these guys right here are awesome, they're hard. But this is where I serve, because I remember when I was in high school. And there was an adult who poured into my life and talked with me and spent time with me and loved me. Even when I was questioning and didn't understand and I was a jerk. Like those people are needed. We've got our, our special needs. Like, do you know how hard it is to have a child with special needs? How hard it is to go to church where you know that if they were to come in here that they would be a distraction but to have somebody that will sit with them one-on-one -on -one and to walk alongside them in an environment that's just for them with kids their age, that's a, that's a huge thing. We've got our college. I'm not gonna talk about that too much. Jonathan already did. Do you notice that most of our areas involve food? We like to feed people here. If you can cook, you are our best friend. Pretty much any of these areas you can cook for. Campus is port. Do you see all the grass out there? That does not cut itself. Mr. Mark cannot do that all by himself. We have volunteers that come and help us cut grass. And when we can't, we gotta pay people. Man, what if you could come in and say, hey, I'll cut that grass. I'll hop on a lawnmower. Like, that's incredible. Like, the army of people it takes to make this church happen is incredible. The, the number of people that you'll see in here during the week. Like I love walking down this hall on, on Wednesdays and Thursdays and we've got a group of ladies back there cutting out crafts for our children's hall. Like I love seeing them do that. They're just having fun chatting. The people that come in and clean our rooms and buildings and, and they organize things. This church does not happen without you. We've got our care team where, where people will, will go to the hospitals and visit with people and they'll take food and meals to, to 
people who are shut in and they will pray with people and they will bring them, um, car, they'll write cards for them and be at funerals. Like, that's important. Got our safety team out there keeping us safe right now. Like, do you know how incredible it is to be at a church where you know that I can listen, I, can, I don't have to worry about somebody going down to children's hall and taking my kids. Like, I love that. We've got our medical team that's a part of that. Like, if, if something were to happen, you'd be taken care of immediately. There are so many ways for you to be involved in a church. Like, it doesn't matter what your gift is. We can find a place to use you. So if you think, my gift is so small, I've got nothing to offer, you're wrong. My goal for you in this sermon is to get you plugged in. I think each and every single one of you has a place here at Northridge to serve in his church. That's why we have the cards on every chair so that you can sign up right now. You can circle one of those, turn it in at the stations back there. You can scan the QR code on there. But don't leave today without allowing God to use your gifts in the church. In fact, uh, two of the best ways for you to get involved in Northridge, I always say this to somebody new. If you're new to Northridge, the best way, number one, join a community group. Number two, join a serve team. There is no better way for you to be around other believers who will shape you into the image of Christ. So thought number one, God calls you to serve in his church. Thought number two, God calls you to serve as his church. God calls you to serve as his church in the world. See, it's so important for us to come together in here and to serve one another. That's an important thing that we do. But you need to serve as the church out of here. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I saw this practically in the great blackout of Christmas Eve 2022. I don't know how long your power was out, but mine was out a long time. And when it got dark, we like lit every candle we could and it was still a little bit dim. After a couple hours of it being dark and gloomy, I found a battery pack that I could plug in one light. So I took our lamp, I set it up as high as I could on the biggest box, and it lit up the whole room. Like the feeling in the house changed. Like all of a sudden we could see everything, we could see one another, we played games and we had fun. You, you are a light in this world. Do not keep your light hidden from those around you. Let your deeds shine into the world so that they know that you are committed to Christ, that there's something different about you, that they see that you care about them and the world, that you're engaged in loving them. Let them see your good deeds. Don't get me wrong. Like, we have to understand that, that we are not saved by our good deeds. No, no, no. We are not saved by our good works, but we are saved for good works. We are saved not for good works, but as followers, we are saved to make a difference in this world. Let them see your good deeds. Just, just ask yourself, in the last seven days, last seven days, has anybody around you seen that you're different? Like your coworkers, your classmates, like has anybody seen that you live differently? Like they might ask a little bit of question, why? Why are you the way you are? Why, why do you care about me when it seems like nobody else cares about me? 
Why, why do you do all these good things? Why, why did you give me that one thing with, with what seems like no strings attached? Why do you listen to me? Why? And you tell them. And someday you experience the kingdom of God with them. Because you are the light of the world. We're not only called to serve in the church, but we're called to serve as the church to the world. And that is what we are doing. Can I just tell you about a couple of people in our church that do this so well? This is Jim and Vera Marlowe. You'll see them back there serving coffee uh, many days. You may not know that they also co-lead their community group. They, they are always here providing meals for, for funerals and all these things. They love Northridge. But even more than that, they love this community. A while back, they were fostering for a good while. This is my favorite story about them. Uh, they were here for a service, I almost cried. But they fostered over 30 children. Like they, 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 they never turned down a child who was in need. They stopped counting at 30. Like they don't even know how many kids they helped. That means literally dozens of children in our community experienced a safe, loving, warm environment. That, that through the darkest days of what they were going through, somebody loved them. That they poured the love of Christ into these children. Like e even more than that, the last 10 years, we have partner partnered with Dr. Marlowe, and he has led a class for the parental accountability courts. So we have partnered with our community in providing this. These are people that most of us have written off. People are back on their, their ch child support, not taking care of their killed kids. And he comes alongside them. And he provides classes on ways to live biblically and practically on how to do a budget, how to get a job, things that you and I kind of take for granted. And he loves them through the process. And to see these people graduate with hope in their eyes, like these people get it. They are Northridge in the community. And I love that about them. This is Jeff Yeomans. He's serving on the elementary wing right there. Man, he loves our kids. But you know what he loves even more than that? He loves getting his hands dirty. Like he's been to Nepal multiple times. He went last year. He's going again this next year, um, working in the rice paddies. He loves helping people. The, the, just a couple days after the tornadoes in Griffith, he was there helping people. I, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard uh, of him going to somebody's house and fixing something, or paying somebody's rent, or, or paying somebody's um, light bill, or buying them groceries. Jeff has been through so much, and he uses his pain every single week to help others who are walking through that pain himself. Jeff is a light to this community, to thousands of people, because he recognizes that he is not a spiritual contributor. He is here to meet the needs of this world. That's why we're doing Serve Day here in a couple of months. You guys remember Serve Day? No? Serve Day is where we don't have church, but we go out into the community and we love on our community. We tell them that Northridge loves you because God has loved us so much. I'm excited to bring that back. That's why we, we help with uh, the blessing bags, where we provide meals for kids throughout the week who, who may not have enough food at home. That's why we, provide, uh, we work with the mobile food pantry, and we help people in our community get enough food. That's why we work with the parental accountability court that I was talking about earlier. That's why we partner with our schools, and we provide laundry services for parents that may not have enough of that, and classes to help them along the way, and we built chicken coops for our schools because we love our community because God has loved us so much. 
We are to be a light in the world. And here's the thing, I believe this with all my heart. The way we're doing things in this country is wrong. The way we're doing things in this country is wrong because the, the government is not the best equipped organization to help our community. I believe that with all my heart. The church is. The church is. There's some people that would argue that the government stepped up uh, because the church wasn't doing a good enough job. There are others that would say that the government stepped up uh, because they wanted the power and the position the church has in the community. I, I don't care. I have a vision for the church that is something greater than all of that. I have a vision for a church where people love others more than they've been loved where people serve more than they've been served. I have a vision for a church where people give more than they've been given. I have a vision for a church where people are so overcome with what God has done in their life that they can't help love others around them just as they are and bring them to a recognition of who Jesus is and let Jesus change them and transform them into who they want them to be. I have a vision for a church where people are no longer just consuming, it's all about me, all about me, but they recognize that God has gifted them in different ways and they can't help but say, hey, Based on all you've done, I can't help but give back. I have a vision for the church where we have more volunteers than we can handle and we have to find you jobs. I have a vision for a church where if we were disappeared from this community, people would ask, where is Northridge? Where is Northridge? Because they were doing such a good job and we need them here. I have a vision for a church that is far greater than anything because who are we? We are the church and we are here for the world. God, I pray right now that your spirit moves in this building, that, that we can look back years from now and we can pinpoint this moment as, as a moment where you changed people and there are lives changed because of that, there are ministries started because of that. God, we fight the, the it's all about me mentality. God, have it my way. And we say, use us. Here's, here's this little gift I have. God, use me however you wish for your kingdom in the church and as the church in the world. God, we pray. God, we pray that we can be a light in the hell. God, the people see our good deeds and they will be hungry for you. We pray this all in your name. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.